Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. Speaking to you today from the Getting Better Healthcare studios here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. On today's program, we're going to talk about the critical problems with our healthcare system and whether the Affordable Care Act, so-called Obamacare, really addresses those problems. Our show today focuses on the basic problems and whether there are other solutions that might be more appropriate than what has been proposed so far. We're joined today by Professor John Cochran. He's the AQR Capital Management Distinguished Service Professor of Finance at the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business. An avid blogger, John is also the author of Health Status Insurance, how markets can provide health security. John, thank you so much for being on the program today. Um, I wanted to start by just getting uh, your perception on what our current health system is like in the greatest general way and maybe what the Affordable Care Act is, you know, does to that system and then uh, what you think would be a better approach. Oh, boy. Uh it's a cobbled together mishmash of some things that sort of work and some things that are fairly disastrous. It's uh, highly overregulated um, with the usual problems of regulation. Lot, lots of uh, people using the regulation to keep their prices up and, and profits up. Um, lot, lots of inefficiencies induced by regulation and the, um, the health law, I don't know quite what to call it, because uh, it certainly is not going to make health care affordable <laughs> or protect anyone, is, uh, is going to make the whole matter worse. Uh, it's sort of a uniquely American uh, ability to regulate things in the most inefficient way possible. Oh, I'm sure the British must have that honor. No, we, uh, we, have, a, we have the distinction. There, there is, um, you know, a purely government-run thing has, has a sort of clarity to it that a highly subsidized, 10,000 pages of rules, lobbyists right, left, and center system that we seem to be heading for. We we have a a unique capacity for complexity and screwing things up. So um, what would be a a better way of of managing things? Uh, I I think a um, deregulation from top to bottom. Most of the problems of our current health insurance and health care system, and there are plenty, are features of the unintended consequences or maybe intended consequences of the previous regulations. And, and as deregulation uh, helps lots and lots of other markets, uh, I think it can do so in the health care and health insurance market as well. 
Um, can you give me a concrete example, so one of the more important deregulation issues you'd like to see happen? Well, uh, health, health insurance uh, regulation is um, the big problem that we've been addressing, and then the health care is also a tightly controlled market. So, so let me start on the health insurance. It's kind of weird that your health insurance is provided by your employer, and then if you uh, change jobs, you have to change health insurance, and then you run into pre-existing conditions problems. Uh, people aren't happy with that, and, and health insurance companies aren't happy with that either. You know, why does your house, car, and boat, and life insurance go with you? Well, that, that's a creature of regulation. Um, our, our government has subsidized employer-based group insurance, uh, but you pay taxes on individual insurance, so your, your employer cannot buy for you an individual insurance policy that would stay with you and, and be guaranteed to stay with you even if you got sick. Uh, so, you know, why do you have a pre-existing conditions problem? Be because the regulations on insurance force you to have a pre-existing conditions problem. Uh, so we, that's, a, that's a central problem that motivated a lot of this health care law. And, uh, but it's, it's a pathology of regulation, not really a pathology of markets. On the health care side, we have a lot of uh, restrictions on supply. Um, you know, what, what made airlines uh, competitive was getting rid of the, um, the, the regulations that kept new airlines from coming in and, and uh, pushing prices down. And the, and the fact that you cannot go to a hospital and simply pay cash for a procedure is a great sign of a, of a highly regulated and uncompetitive market. All right, there's a lot to cover in what you just said. Um, well, you asked a big question. Yeah, so no, that's answer. good. So um, uh, it seems to me the airlines are still regulated. If I wanted to, you know, build a, a, a two-seat plane and fly people around taxi cab service-wise, there's probably regulations that say I can't do that. Oh, yeah. Even though it would bring down the costs of care, it, the cost of travel, I, I could charge cheaper. It seems to me that, the, 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 that those regulations are in place to protect people from me doing a really bad job at it. Uh, are those regulations necessary, or we, do we want to get rid of all these regulations entirely? Uh, well, uh, right. Um, zero it, is not the answer. Uh, what we experienced in the airlines was a big deregulation in the late 1970s, where... Um, airlines are now allowed to come and uh, um, charge lower prices and uh, compete with each other economically. Uh, there's still a lot of safety regulation run by the FAA, which uh, is, is doing a reasonably good job, and we don't need to argue about today. All right. So, but the reason I ask similar is similar thing happens in, in health insurance. Yeah. They're under the guise of we will protect the consumer. Um, all sorts of economic regulation goes through, which is uh, turning out just to make the, everything expensive and not even particularly protecting the consumer. So, so, so we, for example, if I, I have a medical license, let's say I didn't have a medical license, but I thought I was smart enough to take care of people and to do it for one-tenth of what doctors charge, I can't do that today. Are you suggesting we ought to eliminate those sorts of regulations in the healthcare system? Uh, we, we don't have to go that far. And, uh, we, you know, it would be a fun argument to have whether you need to license doctors or not, but mm -hmm. I, I don't want to go there today. There's okay. Sort of Where do you want to go? What, what regulation on health insurance should we get rid of? On uh, health insurance, um, as opposed to doctor license. I mean, doctor licensing, there are 
restrictions on the number of doctors who can enter, restrictions on foreign doctors, whether they can come, mm-hmm. uh, restrictions on working across state lines. There's all sorts of ways you can liberalize the current system without advocating that simply anyone can hang, hand up, hang out a single and call himself a doctor. Uh, health insurance regulations are, are all over the place. So let's start with uh, all the things they have to cover. Uh, this is both state and federal. So as an example, insurance now has to uh, cover acupuncture. Well, well, that's nice if you want acupuncture, but not so nice if you don't want to pay for everybody else's acupuncture. Fair enough. But that can't be the problem with the, the millions of uninsured, the, the trillion-dollar health care system. The acupuncture must be a small part. You must no, have no, something I, bigger. one example. Yeah, give me something big. Cases that go on like this. So there's all sorts of um, mandated uh, coverage especially for for small things that normally you would pay for yourself. So, for example, why do we need laws to say that insurance must cover uh, annual checkups? Well, it sort of sounds nice. We'll make the insurance company pay for the annual checkups, but you're paying for it in in the form of premiums. So imagine if your car insurance, if a law was passed saying car insurance must cover oil changes. Well, all of a sudden, oil changes are going to get a lot more expensive, and you're going to spend a lot more time filling out papers to get insurance reimbursement for your oil changes. And people will look at car insurance and say, boy, that's expensive, uh, because the premiums have to go up to cover the oil changes, and then they'll choose not to buy car insurance at all. It, it seems and that's kind of what's happened to health insurance. Yeah, well, let me go a little farther. It seems to me that the insurer of the oil changes would make... Um, contracts with oil changing providers and that they would be in charge of keeping the price down as opposed to the individual doing it but that the individual would then complain hey i used to go to this oil change provider and now you're making me go to that one exactly i have to go to the preferred oil change provider and and the one you're sending me to is down down the street and uh doesn't vacuum out the carpets like the old one used to and and so everybody's unhappy and you waste a lot of money and, and the oil change providers uh, and their union would complain about the reimbursement rates they were getting from the federal government, and they would recommend oil changes more often, especially for older cars. And um, and the government would ins- put in some system, um, as they do for Medicare, saying, "Well, okay, we're only going to spend this much maximum dollars. You can do as many oil changes as you want. Your reimbursement will go down." But then the uh, Congress will be lobbied every year to 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 um, override that formula and, and, and keep paying the doctors, the, I'm sorry, the oil change <laughs> providers, the higher rates. This is great. I like this. I'm, I'm glad you're doing my work for me, which I appreciate, yes. <laughs> so it, it, it just strikes me that... Um, but let, let's keep with the oil change. I mean, one yeah. of the big problems right there is that oil changes are regular predictable expenses. That If you own a car, you know you're going to be paying for oil changes, and it, it doesn't make sense to, to make that to force that to be covered by insurance. The concept of insurance is you put up with some of the inefficiencies of insurance, but the reason you put up with those inefficiencies is because it covers those big, unexpected in- expenses that you, you can't um, take care of on your own otherwise. So you've talked about you know, acupuncture and, and, and regulations of practicing medicine across state lines. It seems to me that the logical solution, maybe a University of Chicago-based solution, would be for Medicare and Medicaid, which cover an enormous percentage of us and could really change our healthcare system in a hurry, for them to say to their, 
to folks who are covered, look, here's $2,000 in a bank account. You pay for the first $2,000 of health care, and then you'll pay for 20% for, you know, bad things that happen above that. Or You can adjust the numbers a little bit. But as soon as they did that, people would be looking for cheaper MRIs. It would in, in, instill competition in the system that keeps prices down throughout the rest of the economy. Um, it, it would eliminate a lot of the inefficiency. I, I agree entirely. I mean, the, the principle, uh, what, what the first principle of economics is, is you're fine to help people, but they need to see the, uh, they need to make the decisions uh, as if the dollars were theirs. And, and um, I'd go one step beyond. Let's let's give uh, people four thousand uh, dollars. There's a voucher that can be used to pro- to buy health insurance. And then, uh, but and then they can, um, if they if they want to top it up with more, great. And if they, um, but the extra dollar is always on on them. We've we've you know helped people a lot. If we give them, if health insurance costs five thousand, you give them four thousand, you, you've helped them enormously. Um, but they're still out there shopping. Now, now they're shopping for health insurance, but they're not shopping for a doctor who will provide a service at a lower cost. That's fine too. I don't I don't mind you know mixing. Uh, that'd be fine to give you a voucher which you can use for health insurance and/or health expenses. Um, and but then the it's, then the extra dollars always on you. Um, yeah, but we're I, dreaming here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, it it I, I just have the general sense that that um, we've well, lived under the current. We're not dreaming here. I mean, yeah. the idea of uh, converting Medicare from a promise of we're going to pay your bills no matter what they are to a promise of here's a substantial amount of cash and you can use that to buy stuff with um you know the premium support idea is that is on the political agenda and i think it's the really the only hope for actually helping people because if you say we're going to pay all your bills no matter how what those bills are then then we know the country can't afford it so then the whole thing has to become political about what bills actually do and don't get paid. Well, uh, well the, that last point is a key point. It seems to me that people have gotten a little scared of taking responsibility for their own health. And so we have two choices. We Well, three choices. One, we can have unlimited spending on it, which we can't you know, continue to, to bear. Uh, another possibility is we put the incentives on the individual consumer to consume wisely, um, like we do in the rest of the economy, and that works pretty well. Or if the consumer really doesn't want to take the responsibility, we give it to government and regulators, and then we give them the power to regulate what health care dollars are spent and um, what things get covered. Um, Exactly, and whether you, you like it or not. Which means that people still care a lot about their own health. It just means that in order to get take care of their health, they need to call up their their lobbyist, their congressman, their favorite politician, rather than simply investigating their bank account. Mm-hmm. Any final words of wisdom for our listeners? <laughs> uh, the um, yes, um, it, it is possible to think of a health insurance and health care system that that relies largely on market mechanisms. And, and even where things are not perfect, uh, fixing small problems doesn't mean that we have to take over absolutely every single decision made by everybody in, in the health insurance and health care field. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. John Cochran is 
AQR Capital Management Distinguished Service Professor of Finance at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. He's also author of a policy analysis entitled Health Status Insurance, How Markets Can Provide Health Security. I'll provide a link to that analysis on the Getting Better Healthcare website. I think at the heart of what Professor Cochran is saying is that people respond to incentives and it works so well in many, many aspects of the economy and could work well in medicine if we if we use those basic incentives um, the way we do in other areas of economics to keep costs down, to provide high-quality service. It's a long way from where we are now, but perhaps we'll get there before too, too long. I think our other options uh, are really rather problematic, to say the least. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's program and will join us again next time. Getting Better Healthcare has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Until next time, I wish you the very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's drscore.com, drscore.com, and we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.